0: Before we begin, now that we're all recording, uh, I've been like going back and re-listening to our early episodes, like from the beginning, and um, you know how like if you read about like an artist who okay, where's this going <laughs> is like further on in their career, and they look back at their early work, and sometimes they're like embarrassed, and they they see all the things they would change and do differently so yeah. I was going back and I was re-listening to um, our early episodes and um, I felt none of that we hit it out of the park on the first try good job everybody <laughs> mm-hmm. high fives all around
1: but you can't check your six it's kind of like you know taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. what's happening just like old top
0: huh? <laughs> are we ready to go?
1: I think so Okay, we we gotta keep this one short. I can't. We gotta keep this one. I I'm with
2: you on this. I'm ready to not talk about this movie at all. Say, huh? I'm ready to not talk about this movie at all.
1: Yeah, no, I have a lot to say, and I want to get out as quickly as possible, and then I think we just need to move on.
0: Oh, I have nothing to (laughs) say. Okay, Aaron. (laughs) Uh, well, the thing about which we have nothing to say is welcome to episode 26 of steven c at all and we are reviewing not really reviewing i don't think we review these movies really we just kind of talk about them we literally give them a star (laughs) rating at the end
2: yeah but that's not like the point (laughs) that's not the point to be fair a good review good critique is examination that kind of then also like it shouldn't just like a review should be more than Mm -hmm. just the review
0: yeah, I think we critique them. We don't just review yeah, them. We're artists. That's what I'll say.
2: We have a discussion about society and like the artist behind the work and like the a- authorial process yeah. and, you and the artists socioeconomic we're about... conditions that lead to these movies and geopolitical <laughs> issues. And also at the end we say, yeah, it's like one out of five stars.
0: We're artists. Uh, and uh, all of that is bad. And um, the artist we're talking about is Steven Seagal, and the movie oh. we're talking about is probably called Urban Justice. Oh. Although at the beginning of the movie when the title card comes up it says Renegade Justice. You you were watching the United Kingdom. You were you were watching the UK release. Oh, if okay. You saw Renegade yeah. Justice. yeah. Yeah, the one on Amazon Prime is apparently the UK version which says Renegade Justice. Nobody double checked the file when they uploaded this, I guarantee you. <laughs> Somebody, no, I don't think anybody really cared, especially because all almost all of the audio sounds like everyone's voices were recorded on like a flip phone. Um, someone at like steamroller
2: productions it, it, just put the mp4 up and didn't care
0: it seriously sounds <laughs> like all the dialogue was recorded over the phone like it's highly compressed it has like this weird reverb to it it's very odd and it's very difficult to listen to
1: that's interesting uh, the version we have was i, I have some fine. problems with the audio but it wasn't like that
0: mm. it was very weird uh very distracting pretty much the whole movie so
2: the Amazon Prime version was not the seventy millimeter dual laser film IMAX, author- <laughs> you know, directorial vision of Urban Justice. No, this is not the and when I saw the version. title "Urban
0: Justice" on a Seagal movie, I was very afraid. I have been so worried about this movie for like the last three months. I'm not gonna lie. Every time I saw the title, my mind
2: just went, "Oh no!" I've been dreading this movie more than any other based on title alone. Um,
0: and we were kind of right. Justified. Yeah, it was it was justified. Um, we and were right, we
2: are, and we're the most qualified people
0: to talk about that. The three, of yeah, us. Um, you know, three white dudes in their late twenties. Uh, I'd, I'd post about. a
2: picture of us, but it would just look like a blizzard with like a little <laughs> speck of red floating in there somewhere. Yeah, it would be a polar bear in a blizzard holding a sheet of paper.
0: But I can say, you know, uh, as three white guys, I don't think. Anyone could pay me enough to have been involved in the making of this movie. <laughs> I, I don't. I wouldn't want to put my name on this thing, which is sad because there are actually some really interesting people involved in this in right. this dumpster fire. Honestly. Uh, <laughs> but take anyway, us, take
1: us through it. Take us through the yeah. plot of uh, Renegade Urban Justice.
0: So it is uh, somewhat straightforward. Uh so there is a detective named Max Ballister who is working on some sort of like gang violence case. It's it's a little vague exactly what he's working on. Uh he is he witnesses some cops uh basically like stop and frisk some black men on the street and rob them in an alleyway uh, and hand off the stuff that they stole from them to another cop car that was driving by. Uh, And so Max, who is a detective, uh, seems to be like on some sort of uh, police corruption case. Like he's discovered some evidence that there's like police corruption and things. Uh, And so late one night he gets a message from presumably someone who's in charge of him to go meet him late at night. It's an emergency. Uh, and he is killed in a drive-by shooting. Uh, and there's one bullet fired, and the Jello cannons they got for this movie are intense.
1: <laughs> jello cannons. Uh, it was
0: probably <laughs> the
2: best part of this movie was the squibs.
0: <laughs> they are ridiculous. Uh, so at the funeral, Steven Seagal stands weirdly, like halfway behind a tree. <laughs> during the funeral of his son, Steven Seagal, and this one plays Simon Ballister. Everyone just refers to him as Ballister. I don't know. They probably say his first name once. Um but uh Simon Ballister, he he's on the case now. And he has some sort of background in intelligence. He never I don't think he ever makes it like explicit what I imagine it's CIA again. The Wikipedia summary <laughs> describes him as a martial arts expert who is implied to be ex-CIA. <laughs> That's what okay. I was going to say. <laughs> he has access at one point to some sort of like super secret online database where he can just like access the police records. Satellite up uh, uh, it t- It's in Los Angeles, by the way, he can just like access the Los Angeles t- police department records. But anyway, he's tracking down who he's trying to find who killed his son specifically the person who fired the gun he he mentions several times that he doesn't That's care who ordered the about. hit for some reason <laughs> he just cares about who pulled the trigger doesn't matter who ordered the hit just who pulled the trigger he actually like finds the people who ordered the hit and just kind of lets them go um and they let him go for no reason uh so he ends up uh getting mixed up with uh the rogue detectives who are like working with local gangs to push drugs uh and with those drag with those gangs uh who are working with the cops to steal drugs from other gangs. Like there's this gang, like the East Side gangsters, I think they're called.
2: The Hyde Park Gang or the East Side Hyde Park Gangster? Gang, that's what they're yeah, called.
0: Okay. Um uh, and they work with these corrupt cops to basically in like sting operations. Oh, and, and then they no, just, no, you're right. It's the East side gangsters all the drugs. are
2: working with the corrupt cops. They're rivals. Yes. Parking. Yeah.
0: Yes. So the East side gangsters work with the corrupt cops uh, on like sting operations and stuff. And so the East side gangsters just show up because the cops tell them when these operations are going to be, uh, wait for like drug deals and stuff to go wrong and everybody to die. And then they just come in take all the drugs and the money and go home. Uh, and that's kind of like the deal that they have with with the cops. Um, and hijinks ensue for like an hour that don't really matter. <laughs> They're like shooting at each other. There's one one of these gangsters who's not really a gangster. He's, he has a brother who is high up in the gang. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out what was this kid's name. Gary. Yeah. Gary. Uh, So this kid, Gary, his brother is involved in in the gang, Uh, but he was friends with Max, the cop. Uh, And so he helps Seagal like figure out all the gang related stuff, Uh, although he's trying to throw Seagal off at first uh, because he doesn't want to get in trouble with the gang. Uh, But eventually Seagal, quote unquote, convinces him by, you know, like beating up his brother and holding a gun to his head. Uh, to tell him who really ordered the hit and who really pulled the trigger and turns out that it was one of the dirty cops who was uh, Detective Frank Shaw played by Kirk Waller who (laughs) I want to talk about him because I recognized him instantly from a different piece of media that we'll talk about in a second Uh, but uh, eventually there's like a big showdown there's supposed to be like a big drug deal that the cops help arrange between the the East Side Gang and some East Coast gang, who flies all the way to L.A. to pick up this massive shipment of drugs, and then they're gonna go back. But it all goes south when they find out that the drugs are fake. Um, which there was no way of knowing that. I don't really know why that was part of it. It didn't really have to be, but it's fine. Whatever. Uh, Seagal kills everybody, pretty much, uh, except for like the head like the head of the East Side gang. uh, They get into a little fight, but then Seagal says, my problem's not with you. I don't really care. I I killed the guy who killed my son. I'm just going to walk away now. Uh, And the head of the gang just lets him walk. uh, You're very
2: much burying the lead that when you say the head of the gang, you mean Armand Tucker as played by stand-up comedian and undercover brother. Eddie Griffin. Eddie (laughs) Griffin.
0: I was surprised by the star power in this movie. But anyway, uh, he walks away. And then, as far as I can remember, the movie basically just stops after that. Yeah. He walks down the hallway. Uh, Eddie Griffin says, wow, that was a really cool guy. And then the movie ends. Or as Wikipedia would say, Simon
2: hands back the gun and leaves, earning Tucker's respect with his cool demeanor. (laughs) (laughs) I think this (laughs) Wikipedia article is written by
0: Seagal. Except Seagal killed like 30 of his gang. All of them. Every single one. He's the only one left. <laughs> like, his entire operation is destroyed. Why would Why would he not shoot Seagal? Uh, but because anyway. Because
2: he earned his respect with his cool demeanor.
0: Sure. Why not? <laughs> um, this is also, I just want to say at the outset, uh, the most vulgar Seagull movie, just in language. Oh, by far. By far. Oh, for sure. Uh, like, there are whole scenes where every sentence contains some sort of expletive. It's impressive, uh, but uh, general impressions
1: of the movie. Seagal thinks he's a black guy in this one.
0: It's yeah,
2: it's, it's rough. Th- it this I this entire movie is Seagal like trying to show like how cool he is and black people liking him and like he is you know how like when he goes to Japan and he and he is more Japanese than Japanese people this feels like yeah. Seagal is trying to be <laughs> blacker than black people living in L.A. like. He is dishing out urban justice. The Unless hard he's part. He's talking to
0: Mexicans. Then he's more Mexican than oh, the Mexicans because yeah. they they have a, he has a brief interaction with a Mexican gang, uh, run by El Chivo, played by Danny Trejo, <laughs> Danny who's Tre- back. Oh my god, Danny Trejo, just role. a
2: a shining little a bright little spot <laughs> in this turd pile. Who just His, like, he's he's in like circles around Seagal? But I love he the is... one scene he was there for. Yeah. The worst part, the hardest part, is like. This is one of the least worst... Like, the movie itself, in a way, is better, Mm -hmm. but I think it's, like... Oftentimes, it's, like, oh, this movie could be good with another actor. This is maybe, like... Like, without Segal in the lead role, this is maybe the worst it's been, where, like, this movie could have been pretty solid, but he, like, drags it down. He is, like, even more of a quality black hole than he is in, like, most of these movies. A
1: quality black hole?
0: (laughs) Well, and, like, it just felt like... They had a good storyboard somewhere. Right. And they had a good outline written, but the direction wasn't very good. Like uh Eddie Griffin playing Armand, I could tell watching it. I imagine he was just told improvise. You're oh, absolutely. My man
2: improvise? was just Riffin. He was uh, just Eddie Griffin. He was not gang leader, you know, Armand Tucker. He was No, sometimes it works, sometimes Eddie it Griffin, really doesn't. Riffing. And he was still... Yeah, some, he was okay, and he was one of the best parts of the movie. He was, like, yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. Eddie Griffin can be pretty funny. He wasn't amazing. He wasn't blowing me away, but, like, still one of the second best part of the movie behind Danny Trejo, like, appearing for, like, 10 seconds. Yeah.
1: I'd say he was better than... I mean, it's it's a comedian acting in a, in a drama role. I think he did... Considering what he was given, I think he did a phenomenal job.
2: Well, I would agree with that, except he was not a comedian acting in a drama role. He was... They he, they were like, Hey, be a gangster, and he's like, Do I actually have to be a gangster? They're like, No, you could just kind of be Eddie Griffin. And he's like, Okay. And then he just kind of is Eddie Griffin, <laughs> okay, but also like enough. he's holding a gun.
0: <laughs>
1: fair enough. Yeah, Which like, maybe
2: he, Eddie Griffin just does already in real life, for all I know.
0: A lot of the time the like, I don't know I don't want to be too hard on the director, Don Fauntleroy, who did direct like four Seagal movies. So this is his whoa, like
2: fourth or fifth Seagal movie, I want to say. Yeah. We should recognize the name Don E. Fauntleroy. I will also point out, um, he was also, in the opening credits, director of photography was also Don uh, Yvonne Leroy. Yes. He was DP on this as well.
0: Yeah, and so it just felt like, uh, this is, I think, a really good example of what happens to a movie when the direction isn't very strong. And it just, each individual scene, like, I understand what the scene is trying to do within the greater narrative, but the scene doesn't work very well because everyone's just kind of doing stuff, and it's not, connected like no one seems to understand why it's hard to act when you're not told like why i'm saying these lines like what is the context what is the purpose of this scene if the actor doesn't understand what the purpose of the scene is then he's not going to act it in the way that it's meant to be acted
2: although in the movie's defense this might be uh-huh. the most cohesive we've seen in a while yes like yeah. a lot no, of movies there's like a
0: through like... line you can follow it
2: this it's movie a plot. It's pretty yeah, simple. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like this movie was supposed to be a horror alien invasion on a submarine and then it is like three different <laughs> Michael Bay movies plus the Matrix crammed into one and you completely yeah. lost the plot of the original. This movie yeah. is trying to be this and then somehow in the edit came out to be this. It was supposed to have like vampires and then became drug dealers. This is mm-hmm. like they wrote an old man like a guy's son gets killed and you know rival police corruption arrival drug gangs and he gets revenge on everybody for that and that's what emerged on the other end so that honestly needs yeah. like a, a little participation Bravo. award <laughs> like i can tell that the movie you made is the movie you set out to make and we don't yeah. get a lot of those we have not had a
0: lot of those recently no so good no. good
2: job donnie fauna you managed to wrangle seagal in enough this time
0: yeah i just i just don't have a whole lot to say here oh uh just like some little things like i already said the audio quality is very strange at least on the amazon prime version uh like it sounds like some of the lines were recorded over the phone like they're highly compressed Uh, it looks like some of the cameras that they used were damaged (laughs) i think they might have been working on it's very common on a movie set to be working with like rented equipment it's very expensive to just like outright own the equipment but i think they kind of might have rented like the cheap stuff there are multiple scenes where from one camera angle there was like in an early scene, there was like a vertical line on the left side, like the sensor was slightly damaged, but it's only from one angle, so it was just that one camera in the scene uh and then much later in the movie in the bottom right hand corner there's it there was like a hair on the lens or something <laughs> uh, <laughs> like the just really weird little flaws like that. Which were not like editing mistakes. Like that doesn't happen in editing. It's that there was something wrong with the camera and they didn't notice until they went to go edit and they couldn't really do anything about it. So they're just like little little things like that. I'm very sad that I really don't have a whole lot to say about this movie. There is one actor that I want to talk about. There are quite a few actors in this who did go on to do not like super big things, but stuff. Okay, so I think Hans actually has Pretty a few everybody. things. Do you want to just rattle off? What yeah. You
1: yeah, I really I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I'll, I'll go down through my list. So in we the very beginning, Max, his son that gets killed, uh, he drives up to the point where he sees the corrupt cops being corrupt cops and he stops his car short and coffee spills out of his mug. And they made a whole point to show that he has like a travel mug, but it doesn't have a lid on it. And then coffee mm-hmm. spews out of the top. I don't who drives with a travel mug without the lid. I it's so you dumb. can tell it's a very it doesn't it's matter. a deeply
2: fascinating movie when this is what the discussion on the podcast becomes. <laughs> exactly. Why doesn't like, he they, have a lid on his travel mug?
1: Like this is what they tra- showed. <laughs> they 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 made the scene about this, and it doesn't matter. He does like when he gets out of the car, he doesn't have a stain on his pants. Like it's just so that's so stupid. Uh, after he dies, his funeral, they do a 21-gun salute, but with shotguns? With shotguns? Is that, <laughs> is that a... Th- I mean, I don't I've... know. I could be wrong, but that doesn't say I, no I does
0: was it. actually Googling this earlier today. It's I like pump-action shotguns. I can't find anything about that. I've, I celebrate a lot of funerals. I've been to a lot of burials. Uh, and I've seen lots of 21-gun salutes. I have never seen it done with shotguns. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Just that I've never seen it or heard of it.
1: Yeah, I was odd i don't I, like i said i could be wrong very specific choice yeah just seemed really weird um, his voice, Seagal's voice, really deep and quiet for no reason. Like, it's it yeah. sounds like he smoked 800 packs of cigarettes in the <laughs> months between the last movie and this one. Don't know why. And then they played the, the music and the sound effects in this movie were so loud compared to his voice that I'm constantly adjusting the volume up and down to actually hear the dialogue. It was ridiculous. So stupid. Uh, His son dies, but you wouldn't know it. He doesn't show any emotion about that. He's at the funeral, and he just kind of squints the whole movie he's just kind of squinting talking about how he needs to get revenge for his son he doesn't actually show any emotion his face doesn't change it's, it's i don't understand how this man made this many movies like who wanted him for this it just doesn't make sense uh oh i counted at least 4 actors that i looked at them and said holy crap they were in breaking bad yeah uh uh Carmen Serrano played Alice Park in this movie. She ran the like convenience store that he rented an apartment above. She was Carmen something in Breaking Bad, the principal of the of his son's school. Oh, uh, Carmen Molina. Yeah. She was yes. the principal. Was Danny the... Trejo I, knew I
2: recognized her from somewhere. Danny, Danny Trejo, Trejo, obviously
1: Danny in Trejo? Breaking
2: Bad. Duh. Uh also uh writer of Trejo's tacos. Of author course.
1: of Trans Talkers. Mm-hmm. Mike Seal Probably what he was he's one most of the gangsters yeah. in this one. He was also one of the gangsters in Breaking Bad. Uh Jesus Jr., he played uh Jesus. Gonzo <laughs> in Breaking Bad. Yeah, he played Jesus in this one. But there were I every every time I would see somebody I'd be like, Oh man, they were in Breaking Bad. Oh, they were in Breaking Bad. Oh, they were in Breaking Bad. Oh, I this is funny because fun.
2: we've talked about Breaking Bad a lot, but it was like someone in the nineties who would then later appear in Breaking Bad. This was like a year before Breaking Bad came out. Yeah. yeah, they like there, um, there was possibly some overlap.
1: Right, right in the middle of this movie, there's like the the lamest car chase in the history Ugh. of movies. It was just terrible. Just a bunch of straight lines. And uh, I, I'm like not they'll gonna for, well, and time, like going to drive for it. the shooting, like, oh, man, this
2: guy's crazy. He's all over the road. And then they show a car driving in the lane, like, at 35 miles an hour using <laughs> his turn <current laughs> signal and, like, applying the brake at reasonable speeds.
1: It was just so <laughs> stupid. Yeah. I did think to myself, um, could
2: I just skip ahead 30 seconds and miss nothing? I didn't do it, but I was very ready to just skip that car chase.
1: Yeah. In the, like, climax of the movie, the gang all gets together at his apartment above the convenience store, the whole gang, and they have everybody there to kill him, and he manages to wipe out almost all of them. There's, like, four guys left. He gets shot, and then the four guys just, like, run away.
0: Yeah, Segal gets shot in this
1: one. (sighs) Yeah, he does. It doesn't matter at all. He might as well have not been shot, but... He passes out, and the owner of the convenience store has her cousin or somebody come patch him up, and then he just goes straight from there to... The house of the kid who was helping him find the people whatever and i don't know why didn't say why he went there he just decided he was going to go there and he finds a gun and starts accusing the kid of shooting his son with this gun and then the kid explains it's like they tried to do an oceans 11 like here's the here's what actually happened but it doesn't you
2: mean a spider-man 3 here's what actually happened yeah, when we learned just... how the Sandman did not kill his father, but he was accidentally bumped and didn't mean to kill his father. Yeah, it was our just uncle, jeez, Uncle
1: Ben, come on. And and it's not. It's like it. It's like they. It's like they realized. Oh wait, we actually have to like wrap this up at some point. So ha- have him just go to the next place without any direction. Just didn't make any sense. And then there's a. only the, my last thing, I guess I had a little bit more than I said, but I still just want to be done with it. The last thing, my favorite line. It's an awful stupid line. The owner of the drugstore says to him as he's loading up his gun for like his final assault, she goes, So this is revenge? And he says, Yeah, that's what this is, implying it's you know, getting revenge for this gang killing his son. And she just looks at him and goes, Why? What? (laughs) (laughs) Where have you been? Where have you been? And that's not her fault. That's the whoever, whatever idiot. I'm sorry, Gilmar Forrest II, but you did a bad (laughs) job writing this movie. Oh, I didn't like it. Had a bad time. And I'm not qualified to talk about it. So I'm done talking about it.
2: I think this movie is worse than a lot of the ones we've watched in some ways, but I did not have as bad of a time watching it as I have some other movies yeah this is the a lot of times you see when a movie's dumb like oh just turn your brain off and you'll enjoy it and i don't tend to agree with that line of like mm-hmm. film criticism enjoyment but this is i think one of the closest we have to like just kind of turn your brain off like things happen and just it the moving pictures can kind of like vaguely entertain a nearly catatonic person that's my praise for the movie <laughs> <laughs> Uh, If I was, like, in, like, locked-in syndrome, like, in a coma in a hospital or something, and this was on TV, like, it wouldn't be the worst Seagal movie to have on.
0: This is true. The only thing... the bottom.
2: Except I would wake up from my coma, like, just, like, thinking, like, why did I hear the N-word, like, 500
0: times, like, while I was out? It was intense. (laughs) That was weird.
2: Weird
1: coma. Weird coma.
0: I was just so... uh, This is a very specific me thing. I highly doubt you two have seen this, but... Uh, the like head of the Corrupt Cops, Detective Frank Shaw, is played by Kirk Waller, who I, re- I said earlier, I recognized immediately, uh, because he plays Gaius in The Chosen, which is a TV show that's, uh, that's going on right now, uh, which is probably the best piece of Bible media currently out there. Um, <laughs> wow, the huge market. Yeah, tough competition. Uh, you would be surprised, actually. There's a lot of crappy bible stuff uh i know
2: there's lots of crappy bible stuff that's what i'm
0: saying (laughs) like tough competition
2: with the prestige bible content out there
0: but uh he is part of what it like it's actually very 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 good and he plays gaius who is uh matthew the tax collector's bodyguard he's a very interesting character how often does Uh, he come
2: up in the show being a tax collector's bodyguard
0: so matthew the apostle was a tax collector before he became an apostle yeah. And he had uh, a bodyguard who guarded him at the tax booth because he collects money. Um, and so, like, the whole premise of the show is that they, like, elaborate on minor characters in the Bible. Oh, uh, okay. So they're just using, like, historical evidence and things. They uh, It's historical fiction. During the Bible times, about like minor characters mm. that show I was going to say,
2: episodes. I went to Sunday school a lot growing up. We never talked about the apostles before, th- the bodyguards of the apostles before they were apostles. That did not. Yeah, the
0: whole then. point of the show is like these people who are just like barely mentioned. Mm, okay. Let's, you know, kind of fictionalize and hypothesize about what their lives were like. And he plays one of the most interesting characters, one of the most interesting like minor characters in that show, uh, a Roman centurion. Um, a uh, fairly high-ranking Roman soldier. Uh, and he does a really good job with it, and it's great, and it's really interesting to watch him. But it was very weird uh, to see this movie and see him, like, throwing around the F-word and uh, selling drugs. do that drugs. in the Bible show a lot? No. <laughs> not at all, actually. Uh,
1: <laughs> does not come
0: up in the Bible show.
1: What a surprise.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Really good Bible show, though. Uh <laughs> Very, very good. Yeah, I don't want to get into specifics, but I did. I, I, this isn't typically my bag, but I, I just poked through all the people, all the, all the a listers from this movie, and they all had much bigger and better credits for. Oh yeah. The past fifteen
2: years. Well, wait. Can I say the random weird thing that I recognized Kirk Waller from? sure he was in towards the end of the first season of bones he randomly oh. <laughs> pops up in like one episode there you go and my the wife and i are currently in a bones rewatch so oh, I, uh, when i look him up
1: a bones rewatch is, What is this number six
2: for her for me it's only like two or three or something but <laughs> when i see that he was also in like swordfish and minority report and hulk and stuff i'm like okay i've seen those movies but he's like some random cop in minority report like i didn't recognize yeah. him from there I did recognize him from bones didn't
1: mm-hmm. think that's where, where i recognize him from, but...
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Is it the same feeling as when Gavin Belson shows up in Bones? Oh my gosh, that was still so weird. <laughs> I like can't get over that. <laughs>
2: uh, Gavin Belson from Silicon Valley... I'm sorry, I forget the actor's name. Um, Shows up as a lawyer in an episode of Bones. It's weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie is... Uh, just so blah and bland. Um... I'm struggling to say anything interesting about it. I can't even like make stuff up. That's interesting. Uh, at one point, some of the gangsters refer to Steven Seagal like they uh, describe him as resembling Paul
1: Bunyan.
2: Uh, it was a big guy. A big, a big Paul Bunyan motherfucker
0: or something like that. Yeah.
1: I forgot about that. Big white that. guy. Which, like,
0: I don't know much about Los Angeles gang culture. I highly doubt they would use Paul Bunyan as a touchstone. <laughs> Maybe they do. Maybe they're really big into American mythology, but <laughs> I doubt it. That wasn't. Uh, really. We got some some you know classic Segal moments, uh, flashbacks to things that never
1: happened. Squinting, uh, just always the squinting. Lots no of squinting. Emotion, no smile. No frown. No angry eyes. No nothing. Just squinting. lines which are very obviously improvised. So listen, Squibs just, that are uh... just
0: way too big for whatever actually <laughs> hit the person. <laughs>
1: like, like, the amount of blood that like shoots out of the somebody gets shot in the chest and the, the blood that shoots out forward from their chest and then also backward from their back. It, like, it looks like they got shot with a with a, a tank round. It's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> okay, like usually wait, huh? for these movies I have like two and a half pages of notes. This one I barely have one page.
2: Okay, so two things. First of all, again, yeah. as previously stated, the squibs are like made my favorite part in this. Two, Hans, you'll actually enjoy this. We were watching the episode of Bones where <laughs> this guy goes hey, to everybody. use welcome
1: to the Bones podcast. <laughs>
2: welcome to Boneheads. Um the, <laughs> not that one, not the official Bones Listen fan cast with like Emily Deschanel and the actress that plays uh Daisy. Is that uh, a real no. thing? Yeah, didn't I send in this article? Yeah, they're the like Boneheads is like a podcast that they're like doing oh, a right. rewatch. It's like Emily deschanel like you know, who plays Temperance Brennan and Does Sarah nope. listen to it? She hasn't started listening to it yet, but wait, hold on. Carla Gallo. Who plays Daisy Wick? Hi, welcome to Boneheads, um, the other one, not the real official one with Boneheads Emily Deschanel and Carla Gallo in it. Uh, this is Boneheads 2. <laughs> Boner heads, bonest heads. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, <laughs> no.
2: But, no, you'll enjoy this, Hans. Uh, We were watching the episode of Bones where this trucker goes to use an outhouse, and when he's, like, lighting a cigarette, the outhouse explodes, um, and they find a body inside the outhouse. One of the people that they, like, interrogate at some point it's it's John DiMaggio. It's Bender. It's
1: is it really?
2: Yeah, he he like that's what it was. Like we're watching, and all of a sudden, like he's there. I'm like, okay, he's not in it for much, but <laughs> that's awesome. I'm sorry, we're completely Jake off track. This is not related to the Adventure skull movie time. at all. This was we we're watching a skull movie, and one of the actors in the skull movie was in an episode of Bones, and then four seasons later, <laughs> a voice actor was in a different yeah. episode. that,
1: that will tell though? you. That will tell you, dear listener, how boring this movie yeah, is. Yeah, that that little fun fact is a heck of a lot more interesting than the entire hour and a half of movie that I just watched. Yeah,
2: I have nothing else to say about Renegade Urban Justice. Danny um, Trejo
1: is a, a, a gem. Fun, yeah. He always is. For like we the two minutes that he's in this. Yeah, it's it's like they caught him on an off day or something. Like he he was just yeah. strolling through the neighborhood, and they were like, "Hey, you want to be in this movie?" And he said, "Yeah, I got twenty minutes." And he, aced I, it.
2: I think it has to be something like that. Like they're like, "Can you fit him in the schedule?" He's in like one mm-hmm. scene, but I was gonna say he's in this like one scene for ten seconds. They put him on the poster.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. Yep, I thought he was going to play a bigger role. Well,
2: oh, yeah, because especially like there's feuding gangs and he's the head of the one gang. He is also, El Chivo. He is the goat.
0: And then Seagal talks to him once. He's in the and opening like, credits. Yeah. It's like Steven Seagal in big letters. <laughs> Danny Trejo, same size letters. Like he's in this <laughs> like, movie for two Seagal minutes. Seagal
2: talks to him and he's like, oh, actually, you're like a gangster, but you're kind of cool. And then that's it
1: that's yeah. it what's the line he says something about like you're a, a bad man you're, your you're like in, me you're yeah. a bad man with good intentions and then yeah. they share some tequila and that's that and it's like the best part of the movie
2: i don't know yeah. eddie griffin kind of doing his little bits
1: is kind of fun but oh everybody else there they, everybody was good i they were good actors just brought down by a crap movie and crap Segal and everything was on the boring side crap of writing. writing
0: like it was fine um what's
2: your what's your favorite quotes and star ratings and all that i already gave you mine
0: uh paul bunyan
1: i deleted Just my notes already <laughs> because it
0: threw me off paul bunyan paul bunyan my favorite was when shaw says merry
2: fucking christmas and eddie griffin says man f*** santa claus he never got me sh. that's why i sell dope <laughs> Because I'm assuming that was just like I, he's not credited as a writer on this. No, allegedly the writers on this are oh just one writer and that's it's weird. Gilmar yeah. Fortis
1: the second. And I'm sorry, dude, but this sucked. Well, uh, I was ready for there to be like two multiple things. writers like
2: skull listed there. Like oh geez, what else did he write?
0: He wrote this and I was looking at it just a second ago, but I didn't recognize what it was. Uh, Off-season, the Lex Morrison story in 2013. It's a TV movie. Sure.
2: Okay. He's doing well for himself. Uh, but I'm assuming that one was an Eddie Griffin line.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm probably. assuming he just made that one up. Yeah. Yeah. So this is
2: probably uh, one star for me.
0: Yeah. I'll give it one and a half.
1: Are <laughs> You just got to be different. <laughs> Man, we are... <laughs> we all sound just exhausted
0: but so what would we watch instead um, oh yeah literally okay here's what I recommend instead literally just turn on your television if you have cable actually like you know turn on your cable if you have I cable, know nobody does that it. anymore just get rid it. of it don't have it but just if you still do or something just go to like the FX channel whatever it's currently playing whatever is is whatever is currently on TV just watch that instead I guarantee you it's at least more interesting than this. Even if it's worse, if it were any worse, it would be more interesting. If it were any better, it would be more interesting. This is the the saltine cracker of revenge films. <laughs> Just
2: a saltine cracker. Wait, it's we, just funny that you didn't use that do phrase. Did we
1: a whole bunch of research and find that saltines were actually really interesting? No, Triscuits
2: are really interesting. Those are Triscuits. Right? You're right. The, the Triscuit cracker. is fascinating. This is no, not Aaron, the Triscuit of No, Aaron, I was going right. to say it's, it's interesting that films. you compare this movie to a cracker based on how many times it uses the n-word, but
1: mm. <laughs> it is—it's rough. This is why I don't feel comfortable talking about I it. I
2: wanted to just recommend for my movie to watch instead. I wanted to just say like everything Eddie Griffin has been in, but Eddie Griffin has been in both Deuce, Big- Deuce Bigelow male gigolo and Deuce Bigelow European gigolo. And mm-hmm. I this movie is pretty bad, but I don't think I can in good faith recommend either of the Deuce
0: Bigelow films.
2: So I <laughs> no. can't say any other movie Eddie Griffin has been in, but you should de- definitely watch Undercover Brother. That is like one of my favorite comedies. He was apparently in Scary Movie 3 sure I haven't watched scary movie three in a while but sure yeah watch that why not why not what else do you have you'll to have lose? a better time
0: why or any
2: of us hey watch specials. the chosen He's basically doing a stand-up special in the middle of this movie
0: watch the chosen kirk waller plays a, a roman soldier it's really good you learn a little bit about jesus which i'm always for
2: watch bones season four episode three the man in the outhouse <laughs> with john dimaggio <laughs> 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 who has
0: nothing to do with this but <laughs> but
2: he's just like a great he's just a fun guy
0: uh you could also if you want more john dimaggio content you could watch like all of adventure time jake the dog or the Uh the new futurama
2: uh reboot that just came out
0: yeah uh literally just like roll dice and pick a random piece of content uh or media and just go do that instead read a book hey you know, yeah hey how ca- well that's we never thought of that hey you know a movie you should watch instead of this um how about pick up a book how about put the remote down <laughs> yes. and pick a book up it's so rotting your brain yourself. it's definitely rotting my brain um how about you expand that mind yeah
1: how about you Hans? Yeah. what would you recommend instead of this oh man i don't even know i'm gonna go ahead and pass the buck to future hans what and you can do that and uh <laughs> i don't know that was allowed <laughs> wait hold on that was
2: an option no one told me that was an option wait
1: wait wait wait, oh, you, wait, wait he's got wait, something wait he's got wait, something wait, wait what wait, is wait, it wait, wait. wait here we go wait. i'm gonna go ahead and pass the buck to future hans and recommend pistol whipped because that's what we have to watch next week
2: mm. yo you're hold on you're messing with my mind here no. <laughs> What you should watch instead of the Seagal movie is a future Seagal movie that we haven't watched yet. This doesn't—you've messed up the timeline, Hans. <laughs> you've created a paradox. Yeah, this is future Hans. This is Hans from the future coming That's back my... and telling us to watch this. So is every is your recommendation for next week going to be instead of watching Pistol Whipped that you should watch Urban Justice?
1: No, I can't pull that again.
0: Also, you should not watch *Urban Justice*. Like,
2: you probably shouldn't watch *Pistol Whipped*. I'm sorry, I haven't watched it. Chances
0: are, probably not. No, I cannot, in good conscience, you know, (laughs) recommend the last like 15 Seagal movies that we watched. How many? Wait, how many Seagal movies have we watched, Aaron? this is number 26 is
2: i cannot in good faith yeah. recommend that you watch any of the last 26 Agal movies we've watched
0: well okay there's one there is still one that i would say okay if you're gonna see any of them you should probably see this and it's under siege 2
2: but just watching <laughs> under siege 2 is sociopathic
1: you can't just watch under siege 2 you seen, why not? understand the plot you i've have seen to watch one, under Steven one. you do not under siege really two. Under siege who under are, one are you one that person doesn't, doesn't exist, exist. that person's not allowed to exist
0: <laughs> under siege 2 dark territory is basically its own you thing
1: you won't understand the underlying themes if you don't watch the first one No, I'm just, there if are if no things you only
2: watched one seagal movie and you just say <laughs> under siege 2 the universe <laughs> hits the delete key on you that's not allowed to happen why <laughs> under wrong. siege 1 isn't nearly as fun yeah <laughs> And Under Siege 2 has nothing to do with Under Siege 1. It's just that it all has the same character name in both of them. That's literally it. But it's weird to have only seen number two in any series or from <laughs> any actor. Have
1: you ever seen... Is there a first Piranha movie?
2: I haven't seen Piranha 2.
1: You, oh, okay. Well, I thought you had. Uh, have
0: you seen Troll 2?
1: I have. I have not seen Troll 1. Okay. You got me there. <laughs> well, there you go.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Oh, and... Wait, okay, okay. So, wait, we'll carve out a niche here, which, I'm, oh, shoot, I was going to carve out a niche, but I think I'm going to, I can feel myself getting lawyered. I'm walking myself into the trap in the cross-examination, because you're going to say, <laughs> aha, I got you now, but let me still, let me finish. I'll let you, <laughs> I'll, I'll, hold I'll let my you time. have, I'll let you have your Ace Attorney moment, but mm-hmm. let me walk myself into my own trap. <laughs> I was going to say, we'll carve out an exception for these, like, infamously, like, so bad, they're good movies, because I was going to say... Okay, well, you do have Silent Night, Deadly Night, where you really just have to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. You have Troll 2, you don't have to watch Troll 1. You have Piranha 2, directed by James Cameron, where you don't have to watch Piranha 1. But I recognize that this exemption I'm trying to carve out, you could also reasonably argue Under Siege 2 fits neatly into. So there we go. I'm sorry, uh, you know, the defense rests. You can have your objection. You know, this is your big climactic, like, you know, my cousin Vinny moment where you caught me. I'm sorry, Marissa, you
0: got me. Thank you.
1: You could be watching my cousin Vinny.
2: You oh, you should watch my cousin. It's a good Vinny. movie. Yeah, that's good. That's movie.
0: Um, yeah, I'm done with this one. I don't really want to talk about it anymore.
2: You can watch Boys in the Hood. That's a good movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably more sensitive treatment of uh race yeah. relations in America.
2: What about just gang movies? You can watch Goodfellas. You can watch Gangs in New York. You can watch The Warriors. Menace <laughs> to Society. American History X. You got you have options. How are we going to end this?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Um, (laughs) I just care about this movie so little. I'm actively trying to forget about it. (sighs) Urban Justice, more like no justice for me because I had to watch this. Um... (laughs) Well, we're just over the halfway point, so that's something. Just over remember. the halfway point. I, I wanted this to be celebratory. I wanted this to be a celebratory episode. You because fool. We're, like, you absolutely. more than halfway friend. done.
2: You thought this could be
0: a celebratory <laughs> moment. I know. I just have to do everything that we already did and do it again. I've already done it, so it's fine. Uh, okay. okay, wait. Do you want to know why I'm a little excited for next week's movie, Pistol Whipped? <laughs> why are we a little excited why? for next week's
2: movie, Pistol Whipped? Matt Connor is an unemployed drinking deadbeat.
0: Mm. (laughs) Yes. With gambling. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I I haven't read any further. Unemployed gambling deadbeat, former CIA
1: agent. Is is it going to turn out? Because we, we've we've gone down that road before. We thought that he was because in in one of them wasn't even a, a car thief or something. But then it turned out that he was actually undercover the whole time. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be the same thing? Where yeah, we I don't think know. I can't. I'm not, ahead. I'm not reading
2: spoilers, but the poster has like a casino, like you know, cards and like a casino table and stuff. He's. I need to know what Seagal trying Could to be, be an unemployed trap. drinking deadbeat looks like.
1: Uh, well, looks he's like, never played a vulnerable. Like a... <laughs> character. Right. That's the thing. This is a yeah. character
2: down on his luck. Seagal doesn't do that.
1: No. no, no. So I I'm I okay. would be willing to bet you I'm five bucks that he is. Rather it's, it's appropriate like a, for this a gambling a movie. Yeah, yeah, I
0: I bet you like ten dollars right now that actually he's not unemployed. Uh wait, no, is... you guys can't I, I think you're bet betting you the same thing. You can't yeah. all bet the same thing. No, That's it's a casino I movie. I I am upping the bet. Uh um, I bet.
1: That's if, not... <laughs> I bet
0: fifteen dollars that he does a dumb, like super low gravelly voice in this one. Uh, I bet twenty dollars that less than half the movie actually has anything to do with the casino.
2: Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, that's a good <laughs> money. I'll call and raise and uh, put it into the 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 patchy slots and oh see where God. that takes us. Yeah, craps. <laughs> <hit me. laughs> Put it all on red. Put it on red. Uh, I, I will put, I'll double or nothing, 50 bucks that he wears like a stupid trench coat or something in a situation <laughs> where that is entirely uncalled for. On like a hot summer day in Las Vegas that he's wearing like a black trench coat.
0: Uh, I'll bet you $50,000 that a random woman finds him inexplicably attractive. You know, that is... Somehow, I'd
1: actually take you up on that bet. That is the Ooh. most
0: outrageous and also
2: the safest bet I've ever heard anybody make. <laughs> I'm just pay- so, except now, <laughs> okay, this is funny. I'm, uh, you've seen Uncut Gems, right? No, I
0: haven't. I have not.
2: Damn it. My reference is going to be lost.
0: But hey, there's probably some listener who's seen Uncut Gems, right? Well, I'll just, you know, light
2: spoiler. But like in Uncut Gems, at one point, he puts a lot of money on a basketball game and he's like watching mm-hmm. the game. And the whole time when they're, he's like, oh, oh they're down like you know he's stressing i'm just picturing with your fifty thousand dollar bet that like a woman appears on screen and you're just like adam sandler and uncut gems just like ah ah oh is she gonna just find him inexplicably attractive ah oh i need this to come i need this to pull through for me i got a lot riding on this like another woman shows up and he's like okay it's my time it's my time i'm back on top i'm back on top yeah i'm just watching you just feverishly like watching this like the way you know gambling addicts watch every single horse race yeah. You're like tearing up your ticket at the end. No, she didn't find him attractive.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's an ending somewhere in there. I think, yeah, there's an ending in there somewhere. I'm going to cut it there. Sounds good. That means one of us has to die. I know Craps.